Yeah, it's fine. Okay. All right. Uh, good evening, Matt Awkward. How are you doing? I'm great. It's hey. great to be back. Hey, we had a little a little uh, enforced vacation there. Yep, that'll from, happen. From the uh, the COVID isolation for one Matt Awkward, but he's back and ready to go. He has brought he us is forever. Yeah, he has brought us a, a motion picture that I had never seen before, which is very strange, and uh, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I have. Uh never seen this until i just bought it recently because it looked neat it had had dan haggerty yeah so i picked it up and the movie in question is night wars yes night wars (laughs) also known as night wars also, (laughs) one word and two words it would have been called it would have been great to call it dream warriors too but i guess that was i think that might have been taken by that point (laughs) Uh, it feels like there might have been a touch of influence from the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Just a touch, but like not. Let's not flush it out. Kind of like <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Stuff could happen in your dreams. Oh, cool. Why? Munker. Who gives a shit? And yeah, I'm. I mean, not to skip ahead without saying anything about the movie yet, but this movie desperately needed a backstory of how he learned oh, this yeah. ability what it is and what like he should have been like if it even happened at all oh right what what wait what remember when he wakes up at the end and he's like he shoots that guy like is this is this like cause oh. a wheel or is this like a that, whole dream no or that's cause like, a wheel definitely, okay definitely I mean that that's like is it though? What's he gonna well, do? No, like, because live his whole life now with that guy dead? Yes, and so it doesn't happen now. Okay, which I, I think is the answer, but maybe I mean that's what I took from it. There is also we'll get to it a very important and quick line by Dan Haggerty in this that that blows my mind. I can't figure it out. It's when he says, "You guys should be watching Elves. It's a great film." <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's, it's very that. weird. They breaks the fourth wall and everything. Love that line. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Uh, and yeah. He's like, help me, doctor. And he's like, hold on, I gotta finish Elves. <laughs> I gotta finish watching the movie Elves, starring Dan Haggerty. Uh, okay, the lead guy looks just like me. <laughs> he seems very calm. Uh, man, Dan Haggerty is the guy you want in your foxhole. Like that dude could calm you down from anything. Hey, unfortunately, we never see him in a hey, foxhole. It's fine, man. Hey, just. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Well, I know they're shooting at you, and I know that your guts are kind of hanging out, but you know what? It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Sometimes our guts just hang out. Um, Hey, you know what? It's right. Dan Haggerty's right. My guts just hang out sometimes. That's fine. Uh, uh, We never see him in Nam. He says he was there with the guys. He's got a picture of them on his desk at work, but we we never see him once in the flashback. That's my favorite part is that he's like, hey, I was there with you. I was there. Were you, though? What what I mean was I was edited into this movie at the last minute. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, weird, weird Dan Haggerty stuff. Uh, but uh, still, I like this movie, and we're gonna talk about it. Okie dokes. Okie dokes. Uh, okay, so first we find out that this is an action international picture. So, I mean, AIP in the house. I know. I was like, oh, that's nice how you can get away with calling it an AIP movie. That's good. <laughs> that's that's good stuff. Uh, but uh, we've got Dan Haggerty. That's our only. That's our only person who's ever done anything that I noticed. Yep. And uh, we get bad synth. I mean, there's no there's no way around it. This synth is bad. I don't like, care. I love it. If I <laughs> if if you or I noodled on a synth for 
I mean, we wouldn't even need to like. You wouldn't even need to take a break. It's we just should, like just do it cold. Let's, let's one, do take, it. one take. One take. Let's it do it be instead of this. Right as now. good as that. <laughs> it would be absolutely as good as that. It was. It was very, very, very cheesy, and I guarantee that'll be released on vinyl for some fucking collectors who don't know any better. Uh, maybe I'm one of them because I sat here watching this movie, going like, "Fuck, I want this soundtrack." <laughs> <laughs> it's I loved it, man. Sure. Okay. It was fun. All right. Uh so we go to a Vietnamese internment camp where uh we get this weirdo who's gonna come back. He's our Freddy Krueger for some reason, and he's just some, McGregor! He's McGregor, he's a skinny guy. His like his de- his defining attribute is I was sho- skinny guy. I was shocked that this guy wasn't in more because I thought he did a great job. He I did th- do a great job. A- yeah, as a I ham agree. as a ham hammy villain he was fantastic and, and, and he's got great, great screen presence yep uh great emotiveness in his face like and he's just a lot of fun to watch like i looked him up and it's like i think he did like two or three movies total huh in all of life like i'm like holy cow what the hell that's very strange no i i definitely i concur i think he did i think he did god's work in this movie mm-hmm. but uh, also his his character was irritating so that there was also that about him well there wasn't anything to him it was yeah. like he's traitor guy the <laughs> okay why because no, he's traitor guy he's just a traitor we don't know why we just know that he is because they probably couldn't find vietnamese actors and they were just like uh i guess we got to get a white guy for this and <laughs> so we'll say that he's a traitor yeah I, I and i can only imagine that that's the plan but he's like the big bad that's like fucking with these guys now nine years after the fact yes. but we never find out why like they don't give him like a like a Charles E. Ray voodoo origin <laughs> thing or anything, you know that, what I mean? He's that's just like, what I wanted. More that's what than I wanted. Anything. That's all I wanted. Nothing. And he even starts like he even starts saying something near the end where he's just like, "You don't get it, man. There's no death." You know what I mean? He's like, "Oh, once he said like you're not getting it, I was like, oh, he's gonna tell us what he's how he's doing this." Like, no, he's I, not. <laughs> I wanted I wanted desperately for there to be a dude who practiced Santeria in the thing, and it was like he was like a he was like either a voodoo or a Santeria guy. And he was doing all his stuff and bringing all of his accoutrements around. And he's like, "This I only do this for good and whatever. And then this guy's like, what about this book? And he's like, you don't need that. There's things in that that I need, but you would never want to read this thing. And then he kills the guy, takes the book, moves yeah. forward. Now we know why he has these things. He's stolen someone's black magic, whatever. Awesome. I'm in. What we get is nothing. Ever. Nothing. Um, okay, but uh, he's he's in a he's in a grass hut torturing a William Cat lookalike named Jim. By, I also wish that was William Cat by pressing a hot metal bar to his chest, which is the most uh, nothing looking form of torture that I've ever seen. It seems like it would hurt McGregor's hand too if he heated that metal bar up. Of course it would. Okay, <laughs> of course it would. Metal conducts heat. That's the whole point of this yeah. exercise. But He's just, like, barehandling this metal stick. He's just so fucking tough. McGregor! (laughs) So, uh, we learned that this is a flashback to his time in Vietnam because we flash forward uh, to him getting drunk in a chair, to Jim getting drunk in a chair uh, in the present day. He's contemplating suicide with a pistol that he has by his chair. Classic Vietnam stuff. Oh, yeah, the movie just starts off with torture and uh, suicide, and I was just like... At first, I was just like, "Holy shit!" I wasn't expecting such this a is... such a heavy trip here. And then after this intro, it just it just goes to goof. It's 
it's really lucky because it definitely starts off and you're like, oh man, this is probably too much for me. I don't know that I'm going to enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. And then you, then as soon as it gets goofy, it's like, oh, th- this movie. Yep. You cannot <laughs> possibly take this seriously. <laughs> no. uh, I will never worry that he's going to commit suicide. <laughs> uh, okay, so... All right. Uh, we flash back again to the past and the guy that was in the chair, Jim, and his pals are fighting their way out of this camp. Stab, stab, stab. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Typical 80s action stuff. I love that we never see how they get away either. Oh. They're both like chained up and it's just like cut back to them and they're free and they're fighting their way yeah, out. Yeah. Like, okay, how? <laughs> it doesn't matter. We don't matter. care. Well, how are all of the guys with guns equidistant to them with the drop on them and they always they miss? They can never, <laughs> ever hit them. They've got... It's total Rambo 80s movie nonsense. Yeah, but it doesn't. He doesn't even try. The guy's just like facing at him, shooting 50 rounds directly (laughs) at him. And then the guy just turns around and goes, boop, (laughs) hits one shot and gets the guy. (laughs) My favorite is uh, there's this one shot of these two Viet Cong soldiers and they both have they have both have like automatic weapons. One's firing to the left. One's firing straight. And they cut back to that shot like seven times during the movie in different places, but they're always in that exact same place in the yeah. forest. And you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. I remember those guys. <laughs> <laughs> they're shooting again. They killed them like 15 times, uh, which is, you know, I would do the same thing. I mean, it's all the same nonsense. Yeah. You, who needs more, you know, reuse your footage, yep. do it. Um, so... Jim calls his Sarge after... Oh, sorry. This is more important. Uh, there's a guy named Johnny who gets shot while they're trying to leave. And we get a a house Big Ben moment, mm-hmm. which is that he gets shot and he's going to drag them down and they're all going to get captured if they don't all run... If they don't run away and leave him. So they do leave him and he's still alive. They get He gets captured and tortured and then killed. Or... No, sorry, not killed. Captured, tortured, and imprisoned. Yes. And Johnny looks uh, kind of like Clint Howard. I wish it was Clint Howard. I wish it was William Cat and Clint Howard. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this would be a different movie. I, I also wish that there was more movie to this movie, but that's the because the cool parts of this, the parts that are like, this is so dumb. I can't believe I'm seeing this in a better movie would just make this a classic. Mm-hmm. Like just a little bit more cheese. A little less thing. jungle padding, walking around. I mean, they probably spent so much money on squibs. Oh like, yeah, they could have spent that on anything else. Like when they, the only, the only effect in big sarcastic air quotes that we have is um, the uh, the the guy showing up in the skeleton mask and you know, the uh, and the gun coming out of the mirror. Like, yeah, that's right. Which is cool. It was cool, but it was probably the worst version of that that I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Where like every time I've seen it previously, there's been like some reason for it. Like you didn't know that that was a TV. They didn't show that it was a TV or show whatever it was. It was a mirror in the bathroom, or, right? Because yeah. it was just like eh, it's just. But they're just like. Brrr. Yeah, I wish that they had <laughs> actually made that prop so yep. that you could see it. Instead, they just made a box with the latex and put the gun through it. <laughs> And that didn't look very cool. Uh, yeah, the rubber skeleton mask was great. The, <laughs> it's like, yeah, like Halloween store. It's straight up dime mask. store mask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really weird. Um, okay. So, let's see. Where do we go here? Sweet child of mine. We get out, we lose that guy, and then he kind of snaps out of his 
Right, and then he calls his he sergeant. Calls his, he calls a sarge at yep. five in the morning and wakes him up. And <laughs> they go do some five five a.m. five a.m. drinking at the, the statue up by the lake. Yeah, they talk about Jim's nightmares, and he says that the dreams are different now. He's got a bad feeling that something's going on. But why? I why don't... now? Yeah, why? <laughs> I just give us something, movie. But. Uh, why did he wait nine years? That's what I'm saying. That's we don't insane. know. What a weird number, too. What a weird choice. It's not like it's the 10th anniversary. Oh, of yeah, sure. Nine. Nine. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so uh, that cuts away, and we don't really learn anything. And then we cut to a really important searing indictment of the auto sales industry. What in the hell is up with this? We've got this great, important character that I, honest to God, thought was going to be part of their platoon. Right? <laughs> Jack, Jack Shane. Shane. I was like, okay, who is this Jack Shane? I can't wait to find out. He's a sleazy fucking salesman and probably a failed stand-up comedian. And like, and, and like you said... I totally thought they were going to get greeted by the other guys and be like, hey, Jack, have you been having dreams too? Like, they make him out like he's going to be a main character. Sure do. They give him... They tons give him, of lines. I tons mean, of screen time. Exactly. He gets... Uh, yeah, he gets everything pointing A character towards, would get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except... He gets a smash cut, for God's sake. Once we're done with him, we're done with him. We never, ever see him again pop up in the movie. Yeah, because he is... Uh, He's actually taking J- J- Sarge and his wife for, for a, a test, test drive. drive. So, uh, in a 1988 Ford Taurus that it lists for 16999. Wow. Which is way too much money for that car. <laughs> that, oh wow. <laughs> that is way too much for that car. That's way too much for that car. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's way too much for that car. Um that's that's why it's such a searing indictment of the auto sales yeah. industry. Uh, okay, so uh, all right, they go on this test drive, and this fucking guy keeps irritating the hell out of them. <laughs> Sarge freaks out while he's driving because he thinks he sees Johnny, and he nearly crashes the car. Gets out, grabs the guy by the shoulder, and he's like, "Johnny!" And it's somebody who looks nothing like him. Yep. Uh, Jim calls and says he saw Johnny, and Sarge is rattled because he also saw Johnny. Because uh, they're all just seeing things now out of the blue nine yes. years later. And so Jim drops his scotch, well, <laughs> and then the radio plays a song from 1968, which is their closest approximation to a CCR song. They hired some local band to do a... I appreciate that they made the effort. Yeah. It yeah, sounds well, does, the song has a lyric too that makes sense too, right? right. Like, it that sounds, never starts or never stops or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, but it sounds nothing like a song from 1968. <laughs> they didn't really try that hard to make it sound like a CCR song or whatever. But I it, still give them an A for it. I I absolutely give them credit for trying. Uh, okay, so back in Nam, everything's spooky. There's orange red lighting. There's a huge firefight. And it becomes clear that we're wasting all of our money on squibs right here. Now, this is the flashback scene, right? Yes. Or is it a flashback? Because during this, there's a couple lines in this movie that may seem throwaway, but they really, I think they add some weight to it, or could. Because okay. during the scene, they start this, and he's like, what are we doing back here again? Yes. Like, so, what? Do you, what do you mean? Back in the dream world? Back yes. together? Back in this place? I think, I think the answer is... Or is this actually the flashback? Or no, is this, this, is, this is not a flashback. I think... Yeah, I think I misspoke. I don't think this is a flashback. I think this is a dream, and I think that the scenario 
where Johnny gets captured mm-hmm. is repeating over and over and over again. Okay. In different permutations. It's like it takes place in... Because, yeah, he does get killed and captured. Killed slash captured right. several different times. Exactly. And so it's like ways. that yeah. part is just like... It's a, it's a scenario that is being sent like... If Freddy were trying to do this, it's a sort of a Freddy yep. thing where he's like, here's this, but it's, you know, it's a nightmare version of that. And so things are changed in different ways. Okay. Uh, I don't really understand why in this nightmare the uh, the fighters on the other side are so incompetent. Like, nightmare fighters would be really good and you'd be really bad in a nightmare. Yeah. You know, but, but they is, are kind of good. They wipe out the whole platoon, save three dudes. I guess, but there's like a hundred of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's a whole bunch more of them. I don't know, whatever. But then we get like three, I don't know, Spectre soldiers here that they all make a big deal out of like Okay. But it doesn't seem weird at all, right? Like they're like it's oh my straight gosh, it's up weird. Looks- so it straight up looks like the cure walking towards them, mm-hmm. which is my favorite part of it because it's like they've got the stuff in their in their helmets to make them look like they it's have just camouflage whatever. Like twigs and shit, right? Right. Yeah. But l- straight up, they look like they have big poofy eighties like <laughs> Robert Smith hair, and they're walking toward them, and they've got like Robert Smith lighting, so it's super weird. The whole thing is really amazing. Um. So yes, there's that, but we don't know what their deal is. If they're just Nightmare yeah. soldiers that can't be killed. So why are there these three special non-killable specter I mean, soldiers? We're not gonna we're not gonna <laughs> learn any of that. Um, we just get a bunch of like nonsense, right? I mean, yeah, they just try shooting them and nothing happens. And- yeah, it's just same old, same old, same old. Yep. Except that we're seeing, so there's a bunch of A-team explosions. We get a bunch of those, like, Doctor Who level pyrotechnics and people (laughs) jumping off springboards. Little baby grenades. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, and but for once, a grenade goes off in a movie and someone gets shrapnel in them, which I was like, oh, I don't think I've ever seen a war movie (laughs) where grenades equal shrapnel, which is like their entire purpose. Yeah. So uh, in this... Shrapnel flies, cuts the Sarge's hand. He wakes up and he has that cut on his hand. Whoa. Oh my god! Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just like Nightmare on Elm Street, what a coincidence! Weird. Uh, so Sarge's wife comes in, shuts the door on the cameraman. This shot was so fucking funny. She leaves the cameraman stuck in the kitchen. <laughs> she's like. I swear it had to be a mistake. I didn't notice. She walks into the room and she's like, she's going towards the Sarge who's in the other room. She slams the door and the camera is just focused on the closed door while they start their conversation and they cut inside. What a weird scene. That that was so, so strange. Maybe it's saying something like, Ooh. like you never know what's going on behind closed doors or, or it, sometimes doors shouldn't be opened. It would be just be that the actress shut the door, on the shut camera the door by accident <laughs> and they didn't want to do another take. Um, so, um, I love how she's so blase about everything. Like, yeah, she's like, okay, honey. Well, cool. Don't drink too much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, He's just like sitting there with this giant bottle of scotch by himself in the daytime. She's just like, hey, try not to drink too much, okay? I mean, (laughs) the amount that she doesn't know that he has PTSD from the war... Oh, she's so oblivious. ...is, I mean, it speaks to a fairly uh, 
unhealthy relationship or an oblivious spouse. But it doesn't seem like it at all. No. At the same time as it does. It's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, we get a... He leaves, and he's driving, and he gets a uh, Hanoi Hanna broadcast yeah, on, his, that was weird. on his radio. He and can't so, shut it off. And yeah. he can't shut it off. So this is just... I mean, this is just more military flashback stuff because that was the But thing. I thought the scene was handled really cool it when, when eventually he just jumps out of the car and he's back in the war zone. Like, I thought that was cool. No, it's good. Um, yeah. And then McGregor visits him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he he shows up and pulls a gun on him. Yeah. And then this is all when he's, like, supposed to be driving to work, so... Yes. Yeah, I think you need to go get her your yeah. head checked. Bro. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he pulls he pulls out a gun. the The torturer is sitting in the passenger seat. Pulls out a gun. Sarge says, "You're a traitor," and he's like, "You were a traitor," and he says, "Still am." Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess was kind of cool. I thought it was cool. Uh, we get another dream slash flashback to uh, to Sarge finding Johnny in a bamboo cage, uh, and then he, uh, Psycho with a machete cuts Johnny's fingers off. Wake up. This was clever. I mean, later on, it's very clever. I thought this was, oh, I thought yeah. that was a cool plot point. Uh, okay. So it turns out he was sleeping in traffic. Uh, he finds blood on his neck, swings his car around, drives home instead of going to work. Uh, he and his wife have a talk about his Elm Streeting. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't get it. And for good reason, she now thinks he's crazy. And uh, Sarge believes that Johnny is still alive in Vietnam. So, God, this is so weird. So, wouldn't they try to get there? Maybe like that they was, never once discuss like we should go we to should Vietnam. Go back to Vietnam. Yeah. Um, Not that that's an easy order, but like no. at the same time, like it's never once even brought. I mean, up. they have twenty thousand dollars in savings. He easily could have spent that on. Or wait, no, no, it was they had two thousand dollars. Yeah, I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> that probably would have been a difficult order. Yes. Um. Yeah, I. It's because they because hmm. they overspend for that car. They blew all their money on that sixty nine nine nine. Absolutely, <laughs> wow, that is adjusted for inflation. That's like a forty thousand dollar Taurus. Yeah, Jesus, <laughs> right? Christ, <laughs> do not spend that much on a Taurus. Uh, okay, so uh, surreptitiously, the wife sneaks out and calls uh, Sarge's therapist. Grizzly Adams. Mr. Elves, Dan Haggerty himself. Yes, the smoothest man this side of Billy D. Williams, Dan Haggerty. Uh, unsurprisingly, uh, Dan's uh, just kind of sitting there being chill. I think he has some post-war guilt issues. Probably smoking 15 cigarettes at a time, I would assume. <laughs> oh, wait, uh, that's me. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm smoking three cigarettes at a time. That's how I get my voice so smooth. Uh, yes, but... Uh, I hate this. Dan gives a full diagnosis without Sarge being there. I was like, come on, man. That's like a fucking Dr. Oz move, man. Like, don't have somebody describe symptoms to you and then be like, well, I think that he's a fucking toxic narcissist. (laughs) Nope. Just actually talk to the guy, man. Come on. Uh, but also later on when he pulls out a bottle of scotch and just starts drinking in his office, do you think he meant to, do you think he was acting there or do you think like he just, Oh, I think the camera was supposed to be off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that was what he got paid with. Yes. His entire paycheck was that scotch. Um, okay. So, uh, she asks, 
Dan, hey, is it possible that he could hurt someone else when he's in this condition? Uh, why would you ask that? Says Dan Haggerty. Uh, and she produces a severed finger in yeah. a plastic bag. I love how chill this whole, I mean, oh, Dan, yeah. Dan Haggerty will chill down a situation very, very nicely. But that woman, for a woman who has a severed finger in a bag in her purse, she was behaving very calmly. Because she, that's what she does. She had other things to talk about. Before that, yeah. she got a bunch of stuff out of the way. Oh, by the way, do you think this is a big deal? <laughs> in, in third place comes <laughs> severed finger in a bag. I just found it on the floor of the car. <laughs> no, that's probably normal. I could have came with it. They just got the car. It was like a plant worker. Oh like... yeah, that's that's pretty common. That's... <laughs> Uh, Fingers have found in like nine out of ten new cars. Exactly. That's what happens when mm-hmm. they stop unionizing. Yep. Yep. Fingers everywhere. <laughs> uh, okay. So, turns out not only is he getting affected in the real world, he can bring things back from the dream world. Obviously, they've opened up a can of worms here that they were not prepared to think about, and they didn't think that anyone else was going to think about, so I, I'm not going to give it too much attention, but obviously, there's a there's a, a confusing thing here. Number one, number one thing that they brought up was that clearly they were going to Elm Street him back into the real world if this was going to be a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone was waiting for them to pull him back into the real world and go on like actually try to kill him yeah and they never do but he pulls himself into the real world for a second yeah which is so weird yeah that was unnecessary uh but yeah so that that bothered me number one and also him having magic powers in the real world confused me he was corporeal, but he looked exactly like the... Uh, yeah, he's a shapeshifter now. Uh, yeah, again, yeah, corporeal Come on, and shapeshifting me, and... Give me a break, man. That doesn't make and sense. And pulling, pulling knives out of nowhere. Yeah, Did no. you bring that back from Nam to this world? I mean, because the problem is that... With you? It makes is it a two-way street? <laughs> it makes sense if she was asleep. Yeah. Right? Okay, so she's asleep and she's getting elm-streeted. Got it. That's what happens later on. We find out, like, Dan well, Haggerty's there, and he sees her getting, uh, what's her name? Lisa? Who was the first victim of Freddy? I can't remember. Uh, Tina. Tina. Yes. He got... She, she gets Tina. She gets tina basically. <laughs> except without good effects or mm-hmm. anything interesting happening. Oh, shit. So maybe, maybe that whole sex scene didn't actually happen. Maybe well, that no, was it didn't. just a dream. It was, it was a dream. Oh, she but, was just laying in bed and dreaming that the whole time? But, the, but then, so what happened is, she... Fell asleep, phone rings, oh, hi, Dan Haggerty, he's here and taking a shower. Okay, bye, click, goes back to sleep. That's the oh, only that's way so it wouldn't works. make sense, yeah. Because okay. she talks to you're Dan right, Haggerty right. on so, the yeah, phone. That's not true then, that theory is shut out the Boo. water. Boo. Anyway, uh, they don't care, come on. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Johnny meets, uh, or Sarge meets Johnny in the bathroom mirror, and uh, Johnny does a... Really weird impersonation of Marlon Brando in On the Waterfront, which was like really odd. I want to go home, son. I want to go home. I can't please, make it here anymore. He, please bring me home. Uh, and uh, I want to go, but I don't know how. Uh, so, Torturer shows up and says, 
You know how. I'll see you real soon. Just go to sleep. <laughs> uh, sleep is your doorway to Nam from nine <laughs> years ago. I, he never says that, though. There's never any He does kind say of... go to sleep, though. He goes, does you know, he? he goes, I, I, I want to bring you home. I don't know how. And that, that's when oh, McGregor I... says, yes, you do. You just go to sleep. Okay. okay. So he knows there's something with the sleep cool. teleportation okay. thing, but we never get clued into it. Okay, interesting. I didn't. I did not catch that line. Um, okay, so that's when we get the Elm Street Videodrome rubber wall thing with the gun coming out. Yep. Gun goes off, and Sarge wakes up still in the bathroom. Uh, he goes to his desk drawer, pulls out his pistol, uh, and then he walks over to Jim's place. And Jim is full on crazy case. <laughs> uh, he. Jim grabs him and pushes him inside. Uh, is there anybody outside? Oh, he's acting totally paranoid and freaked out. Uh, and then Jim puts out a couple of totally out of nowhere theories about alternate dimensions. Right? Because like, He's got it all figured out and he knows that he can bring guns with him. Except that he doesn't. Like, I mean, I guess we're just supposed to assume that what he what he's saying is true because that's how bad screenwriting works. Okay, Sure. If that's if that's the deal, I uh, love that people in this movie can just willingly go to bed whenever they fuck want to. Man, yeah, <laughs> impressive. I am just like you can only fight him in your dreams. So okay, I'll go to bed right jealous. now. Bye. Beep. <laughs> right? <laughs> can I tell you how badly I wanted them to be holding hands when the oh I the wanted last... them to kiss each other goodnight too. Yeah, no, I was really there with you. I really really thought that they were going to be holding hands, which yep. would have been great, especially with them all painted up like oh, yeah. Rambo. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, so he's like, you can go there. I'm going to need you to wake me up. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's total Elm Street here. Well, yeah. he puts out a sort of like a, a backwards final destination, like like final destination in reverse thing, where he's like, we were all supposed to make it out, but since Johnny didn't, everything go- went topsy-turvy, is what he says. And so, to me, that sounds like a reverse Final Destination. Okay. Instead of we were supposed to die, someone yep. was supposed to die, someone was supposed to live. And because that that part of, you know, reality didn't go right, everything has gone wrong from there on. But I, that's, I can see that. that's how yeah. I took it. Uh, okay, so they need to go into a dream and bring Johnny back out, which makes sense that you can bring his finger out, but again... Yep. He has fingers when he comes back. It's not like he lost his fingers from that one incident. So that brings up a lot of a lot of weird. How's Johnny gonna reacclimate into society once he comes back? Too like, oh boop. Hey, where were you the last nine years in Nam torture camp? Luckily, my buddy went to bed, and I woke up in bed with him. Well, <laughs> also he should be nine years younger than everyone else because the time that's passed. As far as they know, he just got taken because they keep going in their nightmares. This just happens. Yeah. So whenever they go in, it's like the day that he got captured. I don't think that they're skipping nine years ahead. Oh, yep. So I think that this is just like he got there. So he's coming nine years into the future. He's time traveling. When so he he'd come back, back like uh, like the flight of the navigator kid. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he he's gonna he's gonna have some some like social issues where he's not going to know what's going on. He's going to see a cordless phone and freak the fuck out. <laughs> um, so, yes. All right. Now, they do... This is where they go 
full-on Nightmare on Elm Street treatment. Uh, we got Nancy and Johnny Depp kind of <laughs> situation here. Uh, one has to stay asleep, and the other one watches. Uh, there's... <laughs> There's this really weird moment because this movie's so militaristic and everything's about guns and grenades and Rambo crap. Yep. And so he's like, what if I don't wake up? And the guy's like, don't worry, you'll wake up. And I was like, oh, he's got a fucking thing full of flashbangs because he's a military guy. And he dumps out a pillowcase full of <laughs> alarm clocks. And I was like, this is... Straight up awesome. What a ridiculous moment. I just wish there was more clocks. It, I felt like there wasn't enough clocks to make it dramatic. Like, <laughs> like I got it, and it was funny, it but was like... Legitimately, that was a comedy number of clocks. I was fine with that. And also... I wanted more clocks. I love the idea that he's like, well, if one alarm doesn't wake you up, two's going to do better. It's like, that's not the problem. The problem yeah. wasn't, I hope I've got enough alarms to wake you up from this catatonic state that we don't know anything about. <laughs> and he couldn't even wake him up when he was violently right. shaking him earlier. So it's like, yeah, so just what? A little ringing's going to do it? But then it does. So <laughs> whatever, because that's how they wanted it to work. I mean, to be fair, the same criticism can be leveled at Nightmare on Elm Street oh, as yeah. well. Because it's like, alarm clocks work and slapping somebody in the face doesn't. Yep. Like you can like <laughs> plug their nose and they're like, sleeping away for some fucking reason in Elm Street. So, yeah, you know, I give him a pass. Okay. Okay. Um, where are we now? So, okay, we cut back to Dan Haggerty because they had footage of him looking at a piece of paper and damn it, they were going to use it. And that's over. So, yeah. <laughs> silly 80s music starts. This, that's, that's when the secretary brings him the... We find out this is where he gets the results of the finger, the finger, the analysis. severed finger, fingerprinting, and, and and the secretary is just like, the guy said you wanted to see this. He also said next time you need something identified, don't ask him, and like walks out. <laughs> it's like, okay, what? But that whole line was delivered with like no conviction or anything. <laughs> like what? what uh, yeah. Why? Like that secretary that... is very uh, secretary from Plan Nine from Outer Space. Yes, like just does not care. But like, why didn't? Why wouldn't he be able to go to that guy again? Because the finger was a Vietnam vet? No, because I think I think because he's a fingerprint analysis guy. Yep. And he's used to just getting fingerprints, and he sent him a severed human finger, which is unusual for someone in his job. Oh, but I okay. think that they did not make it clear who they sent it to. Yeah. Because to me, I didn't know that it was a fingerprint person. I mean, obviously it wasn't DNA, but ugh, whatever. <laughs> Whatever. That's ridiculous. And this was like probably before computer databases, right? With fingerprints. Like what what year was this? Eighty eight? Yeah, there was probably I think there was something. It seemed like he got he got results fast. Hell yeah. And like Dan Haggerty gets results. Of all things you're searching for the fingerprints of POWs who have been missing for a decade? Like that's I mean, I don't know if he if he seems like a weird it does seem weird. (laughs) It seems weird that they found that, but uh but they did. Hey, they did, and there we are. Okay, so this is great. This is where the movie really makes it so that it's worth watching this movie. Oh, yeah. This was the point. Like Up until this point, I was like, Matt, you bastard. Why did you make me watch this piece <laughs> of shit? Uh, and then this happened, and I was like, okay, I am in. So we get our 80s upbeat 
montage music. Straight up, like, could be trying on hats, could be doing anything, but it's montage music. Oh, yeah. Straight up. He's gone into the dream world, and then it's like, oh, boy, there's an enemy there, and he's fighting him in his dream. Oh, no. He's (laughs) given him, in real life, this man has a pistol in his hand. When he encounters the enemy... He fires the pistol into the ceiling. <laughs> oh, no, he's on the couch. He's, like, shooting at the wall this time. They, they, they ceiling shoot later on when they're right, laying in That's right. So, they, so, yeah, so they're bringing the guns from the real world into the dream world, but actually shooting but, the guns with real bullets ah, in the real world, which is, so it's insane. It's straight up insane here. But later on, when they have grenades, it's beyond beyond they never saw grenades in the real world i wanted so badly to see that room exploded that there was like no wall left on the side just laying in bed together with like exploded room all around them (laughs) the entire place was destroyed that would have been perfect because they they killed at least four of their neighbors oh yeah minimum four four dead neighbors they never address us in the movie (laughs) ever just say, look! Oh my God! There are no bullet holes in the wall. The bullets must have gone into the other world. Yeah, they don't. Perfect. They don't see a wall. Uh, we see bullets come out of the dream world and start shredding the wall in the real world. Yep. I mean, maybe they thought that that was enough to be like, see, if they go out, then they must come in, which isn't enough. <laughs> just, just. I just imagine like their upstairs neighbor being like, oh shit, those guys are in the dream world again, aren't they? <laughs> bullets are flying up through his floorboards. <laughs> oh my god they've got like a big so. giant metal shield slab of metal on the floor for it yeah, i mean they're taking a nap get on the metal plate <laughs> they're they're really into protecting the rights of veterans so <laughs> i can see it uh okay so uh he runs out of ammo in the middle of this so the ammo is real the ammo that he has in the real world is going into the dream world mm-hmm. so whenever he shoots Bullets are going there. So he runs out of ammo in the middle of this firefight. And then Jim figures this out halfway through, which is crazy that it takes him this long. Like, to why fig- wouldn't you have that why shit on the ready? Yeah. Give him a gun if you didn't know that this was the case. Yep. And so, but he does. He fumbles around. Comically digs through a Ugh. satchel forever. He digs through a satchel that's like 5,000 different clips. Yeah. Look, oh, crap. This is for my other 700 guns. <laughs> and so he he takes it, gives it, slaps it in, and he's like, oh, wow, hooray, I've got these, and then kills two dudes who have him literally flanked. Dead to rights. Oh, yeah. They're, they have him flanked <laughs> with automatic weapons, and he's like, nine millimeter, pew, pew, you're but, dead. I mean, to be fair, he was hiding behind a very skinny tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They also, they also, they could have they, only seen him on two sides of that tree. They also, <laughs> they also have machine gun fights uh, where they're ducking behind straw huts for cover too, which always which cracked me up. It's like, just bad because, just because it's a, a structure yeah. doesn't mean it's bulletproof. Guys. I, lo- I love that. I mean, it's like in cop shows when people are hiding behind car doors. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, gotta gotta duck down behind this. Like, well gonna go through the door and through you at man. least that's like at least two panes of metal we're talking about like we're right. talking about straw exactly. huts here <laughs> exactly so all right um let's 
Also, the shoot the shooting is so hilarious in this movie when they have the action scenes. Like so funny. You you know you know when they make like parodies of movies where action movies where like they roll around on the ground and fire like National <laughs> Lampoon's Loaded Weapon. Like that's what they're doing in this. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but not jokingly. Like, yep. No, I'm in a war. I gotta roll I gotta, around um, and then shoot while rolling. So much rolling. So much rolling. It's so important. They break necks uh, in a way I've never seen before. True. Where they just pull somebody's head back. Back. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that before. I mean, seems effective. I guess. I mean, it actually looks like something I've seen chiropractors do, so maybe yeah. they're just adjusting people. <laughs> well, that's nicer than Which, <laughs> maybe they're nicer <laughs> than we think. Uh, Jim's acting here is chef's kiss absolute perfection. While he's watching him in the firefight, it's like he's watching a really exciting boxing match. He's <laughs> yeah. like... His eyes are super wide. He's got his hands out and he's like gesticulating. He's just like, yeah, man. Yeah, do whatever you're doing. Yeah, keep shooting that gun. But he's just like sleeping. (laughs) But it's just a dude who's sleeping. But he's sleep shooting, please. Yeah, sleep shooting. (laughs) Of course. Uh, (laughs) Yep. So uh, Sarge finds Johnny in a cage and he's just covered in rats. Uh, And not caring or too weak to care. yeah, Yeah, apparently. Uh, if he ate a couple of those fucking rats, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be, be so, so weak. weak. Jesus Christ, Come on, Johnny, dude. eat the rats. Eat that rat. <laughs> eat that rat. Uh, so Sarge gets jumped by a soldier, and he breaks that guy's neck because it's a movie. And uh, our McGregor shows up and strings Sarge up in the same place he was before. Oh, boy, we're back to this again. And now he has this barbed wire torture device, which oh, is just... It looks so painful. It does, but they forget where it was hurting him later on. Oh, like cutting up his back, and then they're like, look at all his chest wounds. Oh, it sure did hurt my front. Yeah. Like, dude, um, no, it was that was on your back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's two pieces of wood with barbed wire in between it, and it just looked... Honestly, my back is kind of itchy right now, and I was just thinking of how that would be really <laughs> kind of nice. Mm. Yeah. We need, but, like, a blue tree here to rub on. I agree. Uh, so, <laughs> okay... Uh, Jim's trying to wake him up because he sees that there's something going on. But he can't wake him up, no matter how much he shakes. Like, nope. You think the gunfire would wake you up more than an alarm clock, too? <laughs> I, he's ready for it because he's the one firing it. It's like how you can't tickle yourself. Gotcha. I don't know. Whatever. But I'll allow it. <laughs> sure. Um, but whatever happens, eventually Jim does wake up just in the nick of time. Well, this is another thing, too. Like, McGregor's like, this is it. You're staying here with me forever. Like, there's no there's yeah. no death. We're here forever. We might as well have fun. And then once he starts getting waking up, McGregor realizes he's, he's leaving. fading away. But we don't see anything. No. To, like, we don't know what it looks like when he fades away or how McGregor tells or anything. And also, we think that McGregor is going to kill him permanently, which would kill him in the real world, we assume... Well, that bad. And if if that would bring him in there and his soul is trapped forever, then just fucking do that in the first place. Yeah. Then torture him later. But I don't know. Like, but later they they also make that thing about getting cut in the real world in the yeah, dream yeah. world. He's, but near the end, they both take like fifty rounds to the back, and they're still alive in the real world. Like, yeah, that is uh, maybe they're very durable. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Jim goes home and clears out his household savings account to the tune of $2,000. His wife is not excited about <laughs> that. 
Uh, she's left at home alone trying to figure out how she's going to pay the rent. Uh, but he goes out with dude to go to the a hilarious arms dealer. A Neil Hamburger-esque a very arms, Neil Hamburger. arms dealer. Who sounds like he's reading every one of his lines off a cue card. <laughs> with like He sure does. With no pauses, no anything. <laughs> like, oh, hey, how you doing? I got guns for sale because I'm sending my kids to school. Hey, who is your friend here? I don't know your friend. That makes me kind of nervous. That makes me kind of nervous. Okay. <laughs> I, oh, he has money. money. Oh, he's got money. Okay, that cool. Okay, that's if he's got money, then that's a good. I like him. Step into my office, and he opens his truck trunk of his Buick there, and he's just got twenty machine guns and assorted other things laid out. Like it's like a lifetime prison sentence for a yeah. traffic stop waiting yep. to happen. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like this, except is, for now. Yeah. <laughs> In the eighties, yes. Yes. Now that is uh, that's just being that's a just te- going to the range. That's just being a Texan. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that is legitimately totally fine now. But back then would have put you in prison forever. Yeah. I just thought it was so funny how he had like no like no you know yep. false floor in the trunk or anything. No just nothing. Like he's out. like, oh, I'm really I'm a really paranoid arms dealer. Yeah. Eh, but I, I just, any of my shit. But I just leave all the shit rattling around in the back yep. of my car. I can only assume the back seat's filled with guns, yeah, too. Sure. <laughs> of course it is. Glove box, just fucking pistols pour out if you open it. Yep. Uh, okay, so, yes, he he says, don't worry, I've got $2,000. And the guy's like, $2,000 isn't going to buy you shit? And he's like, but remember Nam? And he's like, oh, I remember Nam. Okay. <laughs> Was it a nom thing? I thought he just said he owed him for yeah, something. Yeah, that's what I... I assumed it was a nom thing. I, mean, I just assumed it was some other dumb thing. <laughs> it was another It was another movie. It, it, was, a, it was another dumb thing, yeah. yeah I, Meanwhile, while they're buying all these guns that he could... Apparently has no problem selling to him for two grand now because it's been a second. Um, yeah. Dan Haggerty spies because, again, this is the most <laughs> shittiest arms dealer in the world and just gets busted by a... A guy who's not even a cop or a spy. He just, he has an open line of sight to this arms deal. They go out of their way to be like, let's go to an old junkyard. Yeah. Okay, where in the old junkyard? I don't know, right Right next to the hole in the fence? (laughs) Yeah, right by the main drive. (laughs) Great, good, good going. Uh, But uh, yeah, so Dan Haggerty now knows that they're buying a bunch of guns, which probably means that also... 5,000 like pedestrians also know that they were buying a bunch mm-hmm. of guns. Um, and so somehow he's there. Like he somehow beats them back to Jim's apartment. He's already having a drink again too. And he's drinking he's, his paycheck. He's sitting there <laughs> in the chair drinking when they show up. That's, that's like, Haggerty in his natural environment. <laughs> if he's not smoking, he's, he's drink, be drinking. He wasn't smoking that much in this, was he? He wasn't. I, I found was, that really weird. I was saddened to see how little he smoked. I wish we could George Lucas this movie up. I know. it needs Give m- the man some smoke. He needs more cigarettes. I wonder uh, if like the director hated it or something. He's just like, I don't want smoking on the set. It's gross. Like, And then he was like, well, you better let me drink then. He's like, fine. <laughs> But I'm gonna be drunk the whole time, and he's like, "Okay, fine." It's like, "Fine, we won't, we won't know." That's normal Haggerty. One, one take, and I get to be drunk. That's <laughs> yeah. my deal. All right, fine. And I don't run. <laughs> no. I'll give you one. I'll give you literal one second of running I'll when I'm you, in a rush. Later, I give you five steps. Yeah, <laughs> that's what. <laughs> that's the deal. Five steps. Uh, okay. 
So where are we? So at? Th- this is this is where Haggerty accuses them or of of buying enough yes. guns to start a war at their house, and says, "I got to take you in," and points a gun at them. Like one Dan Haggerty's got the drop on two guys with quote enough weapons to well they arsenal did, to start a war. They did kind of probably put them in bags to yeah. carry them upstairs. But here is where. So he he says he needs to bring them to his office and what sedate them, like he's gonna put them to sleep or some shit for. I what? This don't, whole scene. I don't confused. think he says that. I feel like they would have put up a lot more resistance if he had said that he was gonna sedate them. Yep. I think he was like, "You got to come with me." Okay. You know, and it was just kind of like a, "Hey, we're gonna have to talk. We want to. I want to sit down." If you're not going to do this, you got to come to my place and we'll have an actual conversation or whatever. If he had said, I'm going to sedate you, he would have had the Nightmare on Elm Street reaction where they flip the fuck out yep. and are like, would take a bullet to stop, you know, being sedated. So they go to Haggerty's office and then they get revealed that they're going to be sedated. And he's like, you can't put me under. Like, yep. he's going to kill me. And here, here's the line I was referencing earlier that, that really strikes me. He goes, who's going to kill you? He's like, McGregor. He's like, but you killed McGregor and Nam. Haggerty says this to him. Oh, fuck. Did he? I missed that line, and that is a clutch-ass line. A big line. line, because we never see him kill a dude in Nam until the end of this movie. So does that make this whole movie... The whole thing is a a fucking... fucking dream? No, it's just a... No, no. If if he knows that he killed him back in Nam, then that means it's whole thing is he's crazy pants this movie it that could, one line just, deconstructs the entire mythos of this movie does now i now i have no idea what to think about what's going on in yeah. this movie anymore um because but i mean it still does end with him killing mcgregor so that did happen but now what it means to me is that this is just a big circle this is even more of a circle yeah. than i thought Okay, yeah. Because he's going to finish the war, then go back. Right. And then all this is going to happen again. Yeah. And he's going to be told that he killed McGregor. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought that what it meant was that he had closed the circle. That, like, McGregor was going to do something. Especially because that was such a cool line when he shoots him and he's like, what the hell did you do? And he goes, just in case. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. There you go. It's perfect, except for that fucking line. Damn it. Yeah. That ruins the whole thing. Huh. Just in case you thought that was a cool line? I thought that was like... No, well, no. You're I mean, a Looney Tunes, man. You can't just kill your fellow soldier and go, it was just in case. In case fucking what, dude? Like, <laughs> he hadn't even tra- I, traded yet. I loved it because his fellow soldier was like, good point. Yeah. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> it's like, oh boy, you guys are all off your rockers yeah. at this point. Um, so, Yeah. It was very strange that there was no fuss made over him fragging somebody. Right? <laughs> uh, like, oh, okay. Let's go for that walk now. Mm, yeah. So I. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot going on here. Not a not a lot of it makes a lot of sense. Because if the whole thing was to free Johnny, they did spring him at the end. Yes. But then they went right back to. Nam again. Yep. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. We're never going to get anything out of this. So this is that gross scene that is 
part dream, but doesn't make sense because Dan Haggerty is making a phone call in the real world. Um, so Sarge gets put under. Uh, we find out that the finger belonged to Johnny here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have him unconscious and unable to do anything. And Dan Haggerty calls his wife and says, don't worry. Uh, he's he's fine. It's all going to be fine now. And she's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, he's home he's and he's taking right a shower. Here. It's like, what? Which, again, is problematic because he isn't. She isn't asleep if she's talking to Dan Haggerty. But he's in the real world, just like um, when we saw Johnny driving, or him in the car, which I guess was fake, I, real, ba, real ba, fake. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess that does mean that he can affect things in the real world, and he is the, appearing as other people. Yeah. Sure. Fuck. I wish. I wish. This <laughs> we're movie, just gonna. We're just gonna worry gonna this forever. Yep. There's, there's nothing we can do about that. So yeah. So basically, McGregor comes into the real world, shapeshifts into Sarge. Yep. Except he's not in the real world because we do see her being stabbed in in Dream World. So Dan Haggerty walks in while she's being killed. Yes. And like he knows that she's being killed by an invisible murderer. Unless only she can see him, and Haggerty can't. I mean, possibly, but either way, it, it amounts to the same thing. Yep. Uh, I wish I wish we did without the rapiness to this scene beforehand. I really do too. Why I, couldn't it have just been like a normal sex scene? Well, and then when he got off, then it was McGregor. You know, and be like, whoa. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they kind of like dirty it up for five seconds for. I don't know what no the reason point of it is. Yep. Yep, it's extra gross for it's like, no But yeah, it's reason. like, we already yeah. know McGregor's a bad guy, so we don't need to be, like, hammer at home with a rapey yep. scene. Yeah. Oh. Yep. I also love, uh, so to cut back to that scene earlier, when he was watching over Jim and he, like, runs out of ammunition, mm-hmm. uh, or Jim's watching over Sarge, Sarge runs out of ammunition, and in his hand, he's holding an Uzi. You've got uh, Jim watching over him, holding an Uzi in his hand. Oh, yeah. And it's like... Like, swap out the Uzi with the gun. Nothing's going on here, buddy. Yeah. Fucking give him the gun. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need that. That's my wake-up gun. (laughs) That kind of makes sense. Uh, Okay, yes. Uh, So, now we see a dude in white pants walk towards Sarge's doped-up body. Oh, my God. It's going to be McGregor. Uh, No, it's Dan Haggerty. Uh, and now yeah, he believes like, oh, the whole Elm Street thing. Hey, wake up. Your, your wife's dead. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, I might have made a mistake here. Yeah. Uh, so I love that he never apologizes. Like, hey, oopsie. I kind of put you under and like a dream demon killed your wife because, you know, I put you under you. when you told me not to. And oopsie poopsies. And even if he did, <laughs> I mean, Sarge is like, water under the bridge, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> what else? <laughs> Shit happens. Uh, so... Jim and Sarge now have more guns than the average Texan. They have a commando suit-up montage and go to sleep. I love it. All the, I've never seen a movie where people arm themselves to the teeth, paint their face up, and then cuddle together in a twin bed. <laughs> it's You know what? I, like you said, I wanted to hold hands or like I love it. a little kiss goodnight. It was adorable. <laughs> I also love the cinema verite of how filthy the pillows were with all the commando makeup they were wearing. Oh, yeah. When you looked at the <laughs> pillows, it was just 
fucking disgusting. (laughs) So that was that was good stuff too. And as I said earlier too, like they, it's not like Nightmare on Elm Street where they, you know, some of the movies were like, put me under with this stuff. You know what I mean? Or give me drugs to put me under. Or yeah, yeah. They're just like, okay, we gotta go to bed. It's like three in the afternoon. (laughs) They paint themselves up, lay in bed, and they both just what conk out in two seconds. Man, it's something they learned in the war. Yeah, you learn how to sleep. You learn how to sleep. Do you think that this was like somebody who had a crazy spec script for a Rambo versus Freddy movie? Holy shit. Do you think somebody was like, ah. oh no, I got an idea that's totally going to get made, so I'm dedicating... <laughs> One second does another line of coke. A month of it, my life to it's this. It's Rambo versus Freddy. <laughs> I mean, th- for real... Does another line of coke, comes back. It's Rambo and Schwarzenegger <laughs> versus Freddy. There's two of them now. <laughs> I mean... It, as crazy as that sounds in the 80s, from what I hear, the, there was a real-world conversation about the last Rambo movie involving a monster, involving right. a Predator-style monster. So there is a precedent for this craziness. I mean, and also Rambo versus Freddy would be fucking awesome. And can they also fight <laughs> a giant spider? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with that, too. Uh, But, okay, so they're all geared up. They're in dreamland, but it's, like, it's full daylight, and they keep eluding battalions of professional soldiers by laying down in the grass. And the grass is, like, I don't know, 10 inches high. Literally, it's just a bunch of soldiers looking at body forms in, like, lawn grass. But they're like, oh, well, the whole movie shot in California. Not, They're invisible. <laughs> <laughs> they certainly didn't have fly to Vietnam money. No. Um, and also, wouldn't that be incredibly uncomfortable to shoot a movie like that in Vietnam? It seems like a fucking asshole move. <laughs> um, I mean, it's kind of an asshole movie anyway to make one of these movies that's this silly and about something as horrific as the yeah. Vietnam War, but... That's for another podcast to talk about. Not us. We don't talk about those things. Uh, So, all right. Like a Rambo movie, these two guys are the only people who are actually fighting. Everyone else is just getting shot. The enemies are basically... Everybody's firing blanks, except the two lead guys. Except that there's this wonderful thing that keeps happening in all of these scenes when every single time they, they show up, these professional soldiers holding M16s are like... What? They always have like a, oh no, a person. And they stay stock still with their guns across their chests with a surprised expression and get shot. Yep. (laughs) It's like their reaction is to go, oh no, shot. It's almost like they lined everybody up and just did every one of those shots with you. All right, next. Oh Oh, no. (laughs) Oh Oh, no. (laughs) Okay, we got them all right. Okay. Pepper those in the movie where you need them. I mean, that's probably how I would do it. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. Um, it's very Corman-esque. Yeah, yeah. It's it's good. Oh, there was... So everything was kind of like, eh, pretty stock, garbagey, whatever, kind of just regular squibs, whatever. We got two beautiful, like, f- flip over backwards, blood pack explodes, like, blood powder kills that were awesome here. I really enjoyed a okay. couple of those. Uh, but the rest of them looked... Just like, yeah, they could have been again in an A team episode. They wouldn't have been out of place. And like, I f- they were bloodless. And and I just feel like we spent too much time 
walking through the woods in this sometimes. Like mm. once I go into this dream world here, it's oh like, my goodness! It's like just start at fucking base camp. Go to go to bed. Wake up at the camp and start your fighting. Like, but no, I wake Dude, up and a, go for like a twenty mile walk through the woods. There's a five minute gunfight here. Yeah, where it just it's just fire, return fire, fire, return fire, yep. over and over and over again. Uh, and then after that, it's like we get an eternity of walking through the jungle. Yep. So it's just like 10 minutes of this movie is just padding. Exactly. Right here. And it's it's two things of padding stuck together, mm-hmm. which is kind of a bummer. Yep. Um, and so they arrive at a, a hut that looks very much like a tiki bar and not very much like a torture <laughs> camp. But, but it. But it's the torture camp. But it's the torture camp where Jim was being tortured. Wink. Uh, Jim gets totally squirrely because he's got PTSD from this event. So he's running. He's like, fuck this. I'm out of here. And he takes off. And there's a big melodramatic scene where Sarge tries to get him to wake up. He's like, if you're gonna if you're gonna run, you might as well just kill yourself. Here's a gun. Why don't you pull the trigger? What? Here, I'll do it for you. You fucking sissy, whatever. And then he's okay, like, Okay, now that we've done this, now you care about life. Oh, you care about life now? <laughs> now you're a soldier. Now yeah. you're ready to fight. <laughs> he's like, Wow, I sure am. I lost it laughing at that. <laughs> he's like, Thanks, boss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're the best. Uh, yep. So. More and more. Uh, there's more looking into huts. There's nothing there. No, nothing there. Next one, nothing there. Next one, nothing there. They just keep doing this. Uh, and you're like, this can't go on for long, right? No. Oh, no, fuck. it will. You can. You can just keep looking into these empty huts. But then, once they've done that, we do get something cool. A bunch of hands start coming out of the ground. We're like, oh, shit. Zombies. Excellent. And they're under the beck and call of McGregor. So yep. now, all of a sudden, McGregor's this what? dream killer necromancer thing yes i okay. mean that's what we have to assume but they're not going to let us have anything they, they just feel like they don't need to explain mm-hmm. this concept it's I, it's the good and bad part of the 80s where it's like there's so much garbage like there's so much garbage going on in this era mm-hmm. that you're like oh you know what fuck it just do it we don't yeah. care we just won't even explain any of this. And I love that and hate it at the same time. Like, I, sometimes it works where you're like, thank God you didn't waste time. But in a movie like this, it wouldn't be a waste of time. No, and it's so funny, too, because the what comes out of the ground isn't really zombies, but it's just kind of more soldiers that we've been killing left and right for the past ten minutes. Yeah. And one of the, and one, and one of the dudes, I forgot who, uh, yeah, Sarge just runs away. Yes. Um... Or Jim just runs Jim away. Runs Jim away. runs away. And then he's like, get him, and sends the soldiers after him. But it's like, you just well, left your buddy there? Well, more than, yes, absolutely. To die? Yes. Because Great he, job. <laughs> again, well, I mean, it turns out it was the good move. But I was... A risky bit, risky move. It's a risky move. But also, a really risky move is just standing there motionless while you watch these figures come out of the ground. Yeah. Start firing away. Have you thought about shooting them? Yeah. Like, they just <laughs> we stand We know you there. know how to shoot. <laughs> and, like, because they keep doing the reaction shots. They keep being, like, person on the ground. Them standing there with their guns motionless. Yeah. Person on the ground. It's like, okay, you're just intentionally being stupid here. Yep. It doesn't... If they had shown them coming out of the ground and not done the editing back to reaction shots, I would have been like, oh, okay. They didn't see it. They were looking the other way or something, mm-hmm. and they got surprised. Yeah. They were not surprised. 
Um, okay. So now, uh, so, uh, Jim shoots one of the people and just runs away because he finally figured out that he could shoot somebody. Uh, and so he runs off and, oh, the other thing is that when he runs off, because maybe because of the way that it's edited poorly or whatever, Sarge has his gun pointed directly at McGregor when he runs off. He's like, Mm -hmm. you know, who's doing all this? Yeah. Pop him. Shoot him. Yeah. I mean, you don't know that he's immortal yet. It makes no sense that he holds back, but he does. And that was also very irritating. So now we get a chase through the jungle while Sarge is getting beaten up and dragged off for more torture. Jim kills somebody with a rock, which was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> That's great. Uh, he gets <laughs> what I like is that so far they've been Rambo and it's just been everybody's getting killed and nothing's. And then he gets into a fist fight with one guy and just cannot get on his feet. He just gets knocked down over and over and over and over again. Just shoots the guy. And he's like, oh, right, I can shoot people. <laughs> shoots him. Uh, it was sort of a... Not about this big sidearm. Right. That thing. Uh, so he does. And time is running out, is running out for our heroes because the alarms are going to go off. They're not going to catch this guy. I love that they don't give us the time reasoning whatsoever either. Like... It's not like they had to get out at that time. So, like, why did you pick this one time? And and not once do I remember in the dream world, do they ever check their watches? Like They did they, not. They, they, did, they didn't do any time sync or anything. So, it's like, how do nope. they know they're running out of time or know anything? Yeah. How does dream time agree with real world time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's also great because we don't know. We don't it's know. Like, we only had three hours to take this nap. So, let's make this snappy. <laughs> I got to go to work at six. <laughs> Jesus. Can you- you know, now what's really bothering me is how logy they're going to be when they wake up from their three-hour afternoon nap. <laughs> it's not going to be like all of the automatic weapons fire that they get in their back. It's going to be just how... Shit, I overslept. I don't have any time to wipe off this camouflage before going to <laughs> <laughs> my job. Oh, boy. Dairy Queen. Everybody at the Chuck E. Cheese ridiculous. is going <laughs> Luckily, I'm in the fucking Chuck E. Cheese suit today, so it's not going to be such a big deal. Um... Oh, Childhood Rat Casino. <laughs> childhood Rat Casino. <laughs> All right. Okay, what are we doing? Uh, oh, right. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Torture Freddy's there. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. So <laughs> this was this was a great shot. So this is when we finally got the, the time that we're worried about. Mm-hmm. And uh, he grabs his uh, torture guy, grabs his sidearm, and shoots Sarge in the leg. Yeah. We cut back to the real world. That was cool. And the blood explodes all over the curtain. I was like, man, more of that and this movie, again, would have been a classic. There's yep. so, there's such a spark of something really cool in this movie. There's like, it, it's right there. It's like a tip of your tongue kind of thing. This is not a good movie. But it's so close. Yeah. It's so fucking close. And it's really annoying to see just how, like, just how infinitesimally they could have tweaked a few things and made this movie into a movie that people would have been talking about It's a really fun kind of bad to experience movie. Sure. But, like, yeah, like you said, yes, they could have have tweaked some things and been, like, something special. Yeah. But right now it's just, like, this, it's so weird that it's 
you can make a good Freddy ripoff. Yeah. You, I mean, Bad Dreams... Bad Dreams is a good Freddy ...is ripoff. probably better than some of the later Freddy mm-hmm. movies, you know? Like, it's possible. And so I feel like this movie... This movie has a great... Like, a great pitch. Like, it's got a great hook. The idea that it's Freddy and Vietnam movie. Yeah. Squished together. That's a great hook, but... But I, no meat. They drop the ball. I yeah. think they just drop the ball. And I think that lack of gore is one of the biggest sins that this movie has like and it doesn't even need to be gore it could be monster effects even mm-hmm. like i don't i don't need to see them torturing him viscerally i yeah. need i would have liked to have seen uh zombies like i would have liked those those yeah. characters that came out of the ground what if they look like the creep show zombie when he what came for they, his cake exactly. you know what i mean like yeah what if they're just dirt encrusted zombies what yep. if they look like, i mean the cheapest zombies there are are the 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 blind dead so you could have Night of the Seagulls, those guys, and they're still it's mm. still a shitty mask. It's just or, it uh, looks Forever Evil them. Terrifying. Yeah. Forever Eviled. Also good. Oh well. Okay. So we get Dan Haggerty rushing into <laughs> What does Dan Haggerty accomplish? Uh, fuck all. There's no reason for him to be there. There's not. <laughs> okay. So he was edited into this movie, wasn't he? For some reason. Like, I think it's just that they didn't have a star, and then they were like, hey, can we get you for two days? Then we could get this movie picked up, and, you know, you're enough of a name that maybe people would... Yeah, so he he hears them screaming. Oh, yeah, there's that scene where he hears them screaming in the dream world, and which wakes him up from his drunken right. stupor in his own office, and, he, and he's got that framed picture of the three of them with help written in blood on it. Like, but he's not in the photo. He's not in the photo. <laughs> he's just like, I just got these three people that well, I went to Nam with that I'm not in a photo with on I my took, desk at I all took times. the photo. <laughs> so yeah, I, took the- <laughs> I keep it there. I took a photo of him. And it drives me nuts that we never we we never get to see Dan Haggerty in the war either. Like, That's so weird. No matter, he says he was there with them. <laughs> hey, hey, Viet Cong guy. Man. I just hey, I think I, I can't think fight anymore. Maybe maybe we should just be reasonable about this, and uh, we'll yeah. just. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to shoot you. You don't want to shoot me. Maybe you know what? I got a beer. I could. We could share a beer. He, uh, Maybe we could talk about this. He cowards out, I guess. I think that's why he's here right now. Like He cowers out from fighting with them. He's like, we could really use you. And he's like, no, I can't go fight that war again. Like, Okay. And so now it's like he hears them screaming and he sees a picture and he's like, okay, I got to go help them fight that war. I got to man up and help them fight that war. Okay. And so I'm going to bring my bag with this needle with a shot that does I don't know what and go to their house. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what the needle was for. Maybe no, he was gonna knock it. himself out. But he gives it to he gives it to the guy when yeah. he's laying in bed. But it's like, what is it? Wake up juice? Like adrenaline? Or we I mean, never find out, and we, it doesn't do anything anyway. Yeah, like nothing happens from that needle. He's just like maybe it's a vaccine against bullets. Oh, that'd be handy. That I mean, that would explain <laughs> something about what happens later. I get that booster. It's <laughs> a good booster. <laughs> that is a booster that America could use. Yes, um, we can really use a few of those. Um, okay, so uh, Sarge is blowing the hell out of the camp with grenades, which again. Means he's tossing grenades in that bedroom. <laughs> no, only bullets get shot in the real world. Grenades he's, don't count. They they, they use green dream grenades only. I guess. No, he bought grenades. I he know. Purchased them. So he's. Why out- don't we see one shot of them chucking a grenade in bed into the closet? <laughs> so oh, we forgot to mention too. Like if you haven't seen this movie and you're listening to this for some reason, but yeah, 
Well, they're laying in bed. They're just sh- shooting machine guns at the ceiling willy-nilly. Like, just, ev- just automatic weapons fire into the ceiling in an apartment building. Yeah. We don't know how many apartments above them nope. are getting shredded. We never see any other apartment getting shredded. We never have anybody calling the cops. Like, nope. But they're just firing these real this bullets. This is a so, terrible neighborhood. Oh, yeah. So by, by, by that rationale, yes, they should be chucking grenades in that apartment. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and at the end, he should be firing a rocket launcher into the closet. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever. But, uh, okay. So, all right. Uh, he kills about 50 dudes easily. Freeze Jim. Proceed, they, they get out and they proceed to kill at least two dozen more. Uh, Dan Haggerty's at the apartment. He watches them sleep shooting the automatic weapons, and it does not phase him. He is still <laughs> down to clown after watching these fucking maniacs asleep, firing M16s into their ceiling. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. He is a fucking ride or die at that point. That is, you gotta you gotta give it up for him caring enough to stick around once he sees that yeah. shit happening. Uh, Okay. Wouldn't it be great if he ran and got like a frying pan and just bopped himself in the head and he's like, I'm coming, boys! <laughs> <Ka-dunk>. <laughs> <sighs> Again, that's the kind of special touch that could have made this movie much more memorable than it he was. He shows up and he's unconscious in the dream world because he hit himself on the head. <laughs> yes! And it's just him standing. You did it wrong, He's man. laying on the ground with a frying pan in his hand and they have to wake him up in the dream. <laughs> Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. All right. And but then s- they use that frying pan to start beating McGregor with. <laughs> Holy shit, that would have been fucking epic. Uh, and then he's dead, and then they're like, wow, now we can have some bacon. Yeah! Dream bacon! Dream bacon! And then, the they all, bacon. then they all high-five, and it freeze frames. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Cue that six synth. <laughs> And now this is this is the part that makes no sense. This is where this, well, this is, where, is the part that makes no sense. No, this is where it goes further off the rails. Let's say <laughs> it's off the rails. It went back onto the rails and off the rails on the other side. So alarms, oh, kind of like beyond uh, the a muck train there. <laughs> a muck train beyond the door three. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, so okay, alarms go off. They get shot full of bullets. They get shot so. They much. get so much. They they're riddled. They're dead. They should be dead. Super dead. Uh, and they're like, oh boy, Ooh, I hate being shot with a bunch of bullets. I'm going to climb into this tiger cage. Yeah. So they climb down into the into the cage that, uh, that Johnny was being mm-hmm. held in. And Dan Haggard, shoot, he, Dan Haggard he shoots them up with something. We don't know what. Yep. Torture guy has a rocket launcher and is also impervious to bullet wounds. They shot him a bunch of times. Yeah, we thought he was dead, but then he springs back up. Yeah. Because so, he, he gets angry with the alarm clock because he's like, no, you're not leaving. And so he now has a rocket launcher and he's getting ready to blow them all to hell. But then Jim throws a grenade at his feet. It explodes and it's a fire grenade, I guess. So it sure it, <laughs> special fire grenade but also, catches him on fire. But also what I don't understand here is when he shoots that rocket launcher. I guess what the explosion propels them through the wall of their own apartment where they yes. already were. Yes. So they like they were there, but then they sp- 
sprung back through the Dude, transdimensional door, I guess. Don't <laughs> even try. Let's just say that it's another apartment. That they're in their next They busted door. through the neighbors. <laughs> it just all the apartments look the same. It'd be great if there was just like like some stoners sitting on the couch and they looked at him and was like, You guys are the worst neighbors ever. Seriously, like <laughs> that's a touch. I mean yep. anything. I would have taken anything. <laughs> but yeah, it it but does. But they're not He's... actually in the other apartment. They're in the same bedroom. They like they burst <laughs> yeah. through a ghost wall to be yeah. where they already physically were. It makes zero sense. But somehow Johnny's alive, Jim is alive, but Sarge is dead. Mm-hmm. And Sarge wakes up in the eternal hell realm of Vietnam with his whole platoon like it's 1968. And this is when he shoots McGregor and says, just in case. Yeah. And then he lives happily ever after. I guess. We don't know. We don't know. I mean, the the weird music leads me to believe that he lives happily ever after. If you're going to listen to the score for a cue as to what's going on. Yeah. That was like. It's a happy wrap up. That was like, we wrap this whole thing up and we're going to relive this this experience as though this never happened and everything's going to be good from here on out. So it ends with that kind of killing baby Hitler thing. Like, yeah, yeah, he killed the guy, which would have stopped the things from happening, but nobody knows that he was going to do those things yet. So he just looks like a psycho that killed his buddy. Like, yep. Okay. And so wouldn't you get court martialed when you get back? Is everybody in the platoon going to, like, not report him because i don't think that i think they'd report him i mean it it does it definitely speaks to a group of people who have done horrible things things. true if they're like unfazed because that dude speaking to down to clown he's like just in case the guy goes yep just in case let's go yep he was like and maybe they all did do horrible things because when we get that radio scene with the when he's in the car She's like, stop killing our women and children. Like, yeah. is that directed to, I mean, generally, that could be a general statement yeah, I think for the war. Or was that directed just to him? Like, was he, was he one of the crazy baby killers of that time? Yeah, who like, knows? I mean, maybe that was the thing. But I mean, that like was he the... built his hell for himself through karma like that? Or? Yeah, could be. I mean, because that was, but that, that was a, that was kind of pat, patter that the Hanoi Hannah personality did during mm-hmm. the war when she was trying to put across fake information well actually evidently hanoi hannah had real information and that was what was so I, i've never even heard this term so hannah weird before, about so it really know there was a okay there's this essentially a radio station that broadcast american music would be mm-hmm. like broadcasting american protest songs yep. against the war okay and she was hanoi hannah and she would speak in English over this thing, and she'd say, American troops are arriving at this place at this time. This is how many casualties you've suffered. This is what's happened here. Someone just firebombed a village and killed this many children, and blah, 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 blah. Like, all of these statistics of things that would make, uh, that would make the American soldiers want to flee or want to... Uh, just leave. Okay. Like they're trying trying to get people to go AWOL. Gotcha. Evidently, from what from what the reports say, I don't know how accurate this is. It did not work at all. Hmm. And but apparently, American soldiers did listen. Yep. Because they didn't trust the army's version of events, and so they would listen to that to get, you know, counter information. Okay. 
which is fucking weird. It is weird. Yeah, the whole thing is very strange. But yeah, it was a it was a you know, war is fucking awful and yep. <laughs> terrible things happen. But yeah, and uh, and terrible movies get made about it. <laughs> Let's face it, sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes a terrible movie gets made about a terrible thing that actually happened in the real world. I, I'm i so mixed because the Vietnam War movie became... It happened so much mm-hmm. that it's no longer... I don't find it offensive anymore. You're saying it's like a desensitization thing? Yeah, yep. you know, like, it's just... It's so... It became so ingrained in popular culture in the 80s. This whole concept of, like... Because all of these veterans were, like in the world you know they were out and about and so you were seeing people who were having vietnam flashbacks and that kind of stuff people who were had ptsd and they turned that into a joke in the 80s a lot of times like oh god i know that That's was that a, that was an th- 80s trope like oh flashback non-flashback non-flashback well, certainly it certainly is a, <laughs> a wonderful way to excuse the the horrors of war but yeah that is fucking terrifying mm-hmm. <laughs> like but you know even like uh, uh um Fucking what was that Tom Selleck TV show? Uh, Magnum PI. Magnum PI. He was a Vietnam vet. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. And like the and the guy that ran the the helicopter was like they were war buddies, and that was like he's like, well, you owe me because I saved your life in Nam, or like Mm -hmm. it was always one of those kind of. There was always that kind of backstory for characters. And it's prevalent in horror a lot too, like Jacob's Ladder and oh, House yeah. and this. Yeah, and uh, I mean, there's got to be more. I this this gave me a real House vibe just yep. because of the situation. Yeah, I mean that was a very common. I mean because it's basically one of the most horrific things that anybody can imagine. So of course that's the one that you would dwell on for a like, oh my god, I fucking hope that never happens kind of situation. <laughs> uh, but yeah terrifying and why the fuck didn't they go back to vietnam <laughs> yeah. and would he have been there god man that's a great question oh duh why do we why do we look for logic in these movies that are just poorly made but yeah w- but, but but would he actually be there because mcgregor was the one that what captured him or had and was yeah I, but I guess mcgregor got killed it goes back to the question of is mcgregor dead and mcgregor got killed before well johnny was still alive when mcgregor got the justin case killed at the end Yep. Everybody was. Yeah, man. Okay. Fuck. Uh, all right. So here it is. Okay. Here's my, here's my, I'm, I'm going to take a stab. Yeah. Take a shot. The whole thing was a dream. Mm-hmm. Of Sarge's in Nam? Yes. Because that, it could be. The whole thing was a dream right up to the end. And that's it. And, it's all because, well, not not the future. It's it's taking place in the 80s, and he's still, like, he's flashing back to whatever happened there. Or I guess it's, wait, he said nine years? Yeah, it's the, even that doesn't make sense. What? Wait! Yeah. What? No, I did that math. That was supposed to be 1977? Uh, yeah. No, 98, 88, 78. What but was he war- doing in Vietnam? <laughs> Right? <laughs> Unless it's... Yeah, man. It's weird. Were they not supposed to be... <laughs> I looked it up, and I th- I, th- I think the, the war officially ended, like, 71. Yes. Yeah. So, if I... this was nine years ago, and this movie took place in 88, that was a 1988 Ford Taurus. So... What, what is happening? I don't know. Okay. Forget so, which, it. Which, Forget so, it. So, 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 the thing is, if it was all a dream... Yeah. 
than it could have been. Sure. That it works in dream time. Like, sure, sure, they, sure. He doesn't know when the war is going to be ending if he's all in dream world. <laughs> okay, sure. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, hmm. man, there's it's so many mysteries wrapped up in a... That's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay, well... As long as it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, it's I think a, I feel better. It's just an enjoyable movie, though. <laughs> it is. I, I For mean, all of its flaws, it's got this weird charm to it. It's just a, a surreal piece of schlock. <laughs> it's a surreal piece of schlock, and it is, it's It's the kind of movie that you'd be excited to wake up to at two in the morning and like watch or something. Yeah. Like, come home from a bar and be half asleep and like... McGregor's a cool villain. He's got a cool face. He does. Again, Haggerty sleepwalking is adorable. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, edited in. like Almost like a last minute edition. Oh. How can we cram Haggerty in here? He's like, I don't know. What is my character's motivation? I don't know. I oh, would, okay. I would <laughs> not be surprised to find out that he, all of his his scenes were shot after the fact. Mm-hmm. That, like the entire movie was done and then he was shot later. And then they just changed some stuff. They well, he would have. He was with the guys, though, so not very often. Not, not very en- often. Not was... enough to make it. I mean, he wasn't in any of the photos. He was, you know, like there's. But I mean, there's... he was with the guys in the bedroom when they were shooting. Like he is. That's in the, true. It's not, it's not like one of those movies where they just get one star and he just lives in his office and never <laughs> actually sees another human. That would have been great. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, oh shit! The guys need me. I'll send my assistant. <laughs> I will say that uh, the YouTube uh, rip was so blurry. That I didn't know for sure that that was Dan Haggerty in the last scenes. Oh, so yeah. when the thing blew up, I couldn't be a hundred percent sure that wasn't like a stunt guy or just a random person in a wig. No, I'm pretty sure it was him. Okay, um, yeah, because I was blurry as shit. Yeah, I watched it on tape. I... I wish there was a better transfer of this, but I don't think this movie has ever been officially released on DVD. No, there's no way. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a lost thing. It is definitely a lost movie, and it's it's a shame. I, I'll I'll give it that. I think it's a shame that it's. It's been one lost. of those things that that should be coming out on vinegar or arrow yes, sometime soon. Absolutely, I would be surprised. Uh, yeah, I think it's worth it. And yep. Uh, yeah, but uh, uh, my complaint is the same complaint that I have with every movie like this. If you're if you're gonna have somebody who is going to be a nightmare killer. You don't need to burn him. You don't need to make him look exactly like Freddy. But come on, man, make him a monster of some sort. Give you, us a give us a reason why he's a monster. Yeah. Give him something. Give him some. I need the source of his power. I mean, exactly. I mean, but to be fair, they didn't give Freddy a source of power in the first movie. No, he was just there. He was he was a guy that got. But we knew his backstory. Right. We still didn't know why he came back though, which is essentially McGregor. We don't know why he well, came back I mean, or why. We never even saw him die though. Except think, for the end part. I think that, that it's uh, it's clear enough motivation that he's... In every ghost story, someone's mad. You know, a poltergeist is an angry spirit. Yep. Like, it's something that's like, I need revenge for whatever. And so he was burned alive by the neighborhood parents. You know, he wants revenge. Yep. He's an evil, angry whatever. Sure. You know, that that just works for me. But, like torture guy we don't even know if he was killed ever yeah in the movie we don't know until the end because that's the weird he thing. might still be alive because in the beginning when we first meet mcgregor he's torturing him yeah and we do that that jump cut to them breaking free of the place so we never see 
how they got away or if they killed McGregor right. then, which they didn't, though. We found, you know, but then later when Dan Haggerty says, you killed McGregor and Nam, like, that whole line just, just, just tailspins this movie into, like, what? <laughs> yep, absolutely. But why couldn't he be a monster? Why couldn't he legitimately be a monster of some kind? Like, he needs to look supernatural. Like, there he needs... turns into, like, a violator at the end, you mean? Like, I, Sure. I mean, I would have taken anything. I would have taken fucking horns, even. Yeah. You know, like, even the lamest thing you can think yep. of. Like... I teamed up with Satan! <laughs> <laughs> sure! Uh, <laughs> admittedly, that's not probably what I would have wanted, but... I, I would give it. you a semblance of an answer. Dude, I fucking take it. You know, yeah. like... <laughs> You, I'm sure you can find a Vietnamese legend that would go along with yeah, this thing where yep, it's yep, like, yep. you know, this person, you could even do the Ranma one half, which would be, you fell into a puddle, and it was the puddle where the legend of the dead girl who lives forever and tortures people in their dreams. It makes you sure. go evil. Fine. Yeah. yeah, anything. That's great. Love it. And then I teamed up with Satan. And then I teamed up with Satan. I teamed up with Satan to sell you a great used car. <laughs> Come see Jack Shane. <laughs> the fact that Jack Shane never came back right? is just one of the most astronomically confusing things about this movie. It's so weird. <laughs> this whole the whole movie, it felt like a Jack Shane vehicle and I we so just... thought he was gonna be a soldier. Yeah, or something like <laughs> a plot point of some point of some sort. He just God, he was shoehorned in there. Yeah. Man, why? He must have contributed to the movie. I mean, it would have been a cool like epilogue, too, if like we found out that he was there, and then he starts getting visited by McGregor at the end. So it's like, oh, McGregor's still coming after them, but yeah. he's coming after Jack Shane. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think there's any way to save this movie. <laughs> no, it's broken. <laughs> it's It's too broken. But uh, that's it. That, that is Night Wars. That is Night Wars. Uh, I don't know if I feel like everybody needs to watch it or not. I mean, <laughs> I think it's fun. I was, I was, I fell in love when they went to bed together. <laughs> I was dying. I could the, not believe. I, I watched that cinematic that them well, getting all made up, dressed up, okay. loaded for bear. And then it's like, okay, nappy time. <laughs> A super cut of. The part where he first starts shooting, the part where they lay down in bed, then shoot again into the ceilings. I'd be like, okay, you've seen this movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you pretty yeah, much I mean, seen it's, the you're movie. You're kind of right. Yeah. You, like, genre fans, people like us, we do live for finding that moment in a movie that is just. That blows your mind. And that's it. That This movie, this movie has, has that moment. Oh, yeah. It has a concept in it that is so astronomically fucking nutso. <laughs> that I've never that seen before. I've never seen it in a movie before. <laughs> and I can't imagine how a human being would put that into a script and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. They fire AK-47s into the fucking <laughs> ceiling, you know, and then it goes into the dream world. Yep. Do the cops show up? No, no. everybody's fine. Nobody cares. <laughs> Do the neighbors die? No, maybe. Who knows if there even is any? Uh, Who so cares? good. So good. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it's probably worth watching just for that. Yep. I uh, give it a recommendation. I okay. recommend you watch. I'd say I'd say I'm I'm 50/50 on it, but still it's good. Um Yeah, so 
You can follow us at the Funbox Military Podcast. You can buy things at CoastCityComics.com. Did you say CoastCityComics.com? Yeah, I did. Uh, CoastCityComics.com. Uh, you can visit CoastCityComics.com in person if you're in Portland, Maine, or you can go to CoastCityComics.com and buy cool things like a Funbox Monster Podcast t-shirt. Yeah, totally. And uh, We got Big Trouble in Little China toys. We got X-Men toys, Batman toys. We got buttons. We got patches. So much crap. There's so much crap in the store. Jesus. I can't, my eyeballs can't even take in all the crap Please, I'm looking at right now. It's get rid insane. of some of this crap. We got a compound Hulk action figure over here. It's so <laughs> stupid looking. It's like half Hulk and half another Hulk. <laughs> it's like it makes a whole Hulk. Like like they compounded two Hulks together. It's like compound W. Gets rid of warts and Hulks. Um, yeah, we got all sorts of stuff. We love hearing reviews. We would also love to, to get some reviews. We would also like you to recommend us to people. It would be nice to get more people, you know? Yeah, tell your, tell your mom. Tell I your grandma. De- I definitely appreciate the fact that we have a, a fairly steady group of people that, like, it's pretty much the same, but it plateaued, like, a little while ago. Yeah. Like, six months ago, we kind of plateaued. We haven't, like, gone down. We're still, not beating, we're still not beating Team Coco. We're still not quite in the... Uh, I mean, and again, that's the problem, is that there's so many of these type of podcasts out there oh, that, yeah. you know, but if you find one that you like, tell people about it, because there are good podcasts out there that people want to listen to, and it's hard to cut through the ones that are cloying and irritating. Mm-hmm. And if you find us cloying and irritating, don't recommend us, but if you don't, tell people about us. Uh, it doesn't help much because, again, no one's going to believe it. Uh, I feel like I have a very hard time believing when somebody says, "It's a great podcast." Oh yeah, it's a great podcast. Yeah. I'm like, "Is it though?" Yeah. Like I listened to Last Pod on the Left, and I was like, "Nope, not for me. <laughs> this is for another person." I feel like I'm being yelled at by sports guys. <laughs> uh, but but then I listened to uh, the Flophouse podcast, and I was like, "Oh." These are some people who are funny who talk about movies, and I like it. That's never, great. I've never heard them. Yeah, it's really good. It's uh, the guy from... So maybe I'll check it out, but you said it's good, so I don't really believe you. Exactly. But that's what's funny. Well, somebody came into the store and said, hey, your podcast reminds me of this podcast. And okay. I was like, I was like, oh, that's funny. I guess that's good, because they have a huge following compared to us. Yep. And, uh, and then I went and listened to it, and I was like, oh, that reminds me a lot of our podcast. <laughs> like, a lot. Like... Uh, so maybe I have a very uh, insular way of looking at things where I'm like, if it sounds exactly like what we do, I'm into it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's cool. Um, and, uh, you know, there's nothing else. I have no other things to announce. No, it's just happened. It's going to be back. We it's, had like a two week break. Yeah, it was weird. I, I felt uncomfortable. Like, I, wow, like what, what's... I felt unsafe not talking about movies I'm for a while. I was walking in circles on Thursday night. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's cool. I was thinking about this because someone had been talking about, uh, I was talking with one of my friends about like how uh, I don't have any time, how I'm like, I have no spare time. And he was like, you know, maybe you should kill one of your podcasts. And I was like, no, that's like one of the most fun things <laughs> yeah. I do. And I I have to say a hundred percent, I've said it before. If we were not recording this and we were standing in front of toy microphones doing this exact same thing, I would want to continue doing this yeah, it's every super fun. week <laughs> because it is one of my favorite things in the world. Talking about dumb movies, watching dumb movies with the intent to talk about them and talk about the silly shit that's <laughs> and going on. And just trying to break down and figure out insanity. I mean, <laughs> I mean this one in particular. Oh, yeah. This will break Fuck. you. 
Yeah, this this really this I is think, an Ivan Drago movie. Yeah, I think this really <laughs> did mess up my brain. Mm-hmm. I should not have tried. I should not have looked into this particular abyss. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you for listening. We really do appreciate it, and mm-hmm. uh, and also I. You know, thanks to Dennis who tried to uh, get the AV Club to cover us, but they had already apparently fawned all over uh, literally the flop house. Yeah. And so he did try. He did try to get us on there, which was very nice of him. Fucking floppies. So uh, I appreciate it. But one of the dudes is the fucking was the head writer for The Daily Show and has like three Emmys. So, Ah. you know, maybe maybe he's more accomplished than maybe fuck them a little bit. (laughs) But but they're they're very funny and and they do. They don't do horror movies, though. So Ah. it's not we're not really in the same realm. Um, yeah, we're the only horror movie podcast, right? It turns out that nobody else has thought about talking about horror movies Sweet. except for us. That's what I thought. Uh, I don't look at <laughs> I don't look at podcasts, so I don't know, but I assume that is the truth. It's <laughs> probably is, true. That's got to be. I'm going to roll with that. Uh, I bet it's one of the very few horror movie podcasts recorded in a comic shop. Yeah, we got that going for us. So there you go. And that comic shop's Coast City Comics. <laughs> it sure and Coast is. Coast And you know what? Fuck it. Do buy Rad Wraith. Yeah, by Rod Wraith. It's a great comic. Tristan wrote a fucking comic book. Yeah, I wrote a comic, and it's great. Uh, And issue three will be out sometime in September. Sweet. Uh, That's it. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, October. Sorry. I got... (laughs) Sorry, I got delayed. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) as these things do happen these days. Uh, Anyway, we will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Good night. Peace.